Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. That Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 13 will begin there. And I want to talk about intimacy with God today. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Everyone say few. Few are going to find this way. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Everyone say fruits. That's how you're going to find out the wolves and the sheep. Just investigate their fruits. Do men gather grapes or do they gather thorns or thorns or figs? Or thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Everyone say good fruit. That is what we're supposed to bring forth. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It depends upon the source. Amen. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. It's just fire material because it's not bringing forth good fruit. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Notice he repeated that twice. That's emphasis. That means that there is something there. Shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. He says it again twice with emphasis. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many marvelous works? What a tragic scripture we're reading here. And then will I profess unto them, I never, everyone say knew. I never knew you. That knew indicates intimacy. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken them unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Jesus, bless the hearing and the teaching and the preaching of your word. In Jesus' precious name, thank you for being here already, God. We love you so much. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something about bodacious, outlandish, out-of-the-box, are-you-kidding-me faith. There's something about it. It makes people sit up and take notice when you have powerful faith in your life. And oftentimes, when you have great faith, if you come in contact with a non-believer or someone who's just trying to figure out Christianity or they're just maybe new to the church and they don't really know and they see, they see crazy, awesome faith in somebody's life, they're drawn to it. But 
they're drawn to it almost with the sense of, I need to inform them what they're missing for information. That's way too much faith in God. There's, there's no way. They're missing some information, you know, and they feel like maybe they need to go. And, so there's something about um, being distant from God where when you see somebody that is intimate with God, has great faith, you have a, something that rises up within you that says, I need to give them or instruct them in a way that grounds their faith or, or maybe rattles their faith a bit so they get a little bit more understanding. Maybe they need to travel a little bit more. Maybe they need to understand what's, what, what's going on really in the situation. Maybe they need to really read the doctor's report and understand that what the doctor said is going on. But I want to tell you that awesome faith and powerful faith is very much linked to your intimacy with God. And if you do not have intimacy with God, your faith will be small. It's a fact. You will not pray. Pray that your faith would be strong, brothers and sisters. Pray that you are guided by God. Because whenever you want to be in God's presence, he wants to be near you. Amen? The Bible said he wants to know us more than we want to know him. In so many places, there's examples. James 4 and 8 says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. He said, I will come close, but God is awesome in that he stands and he knocks. When he talks to his people, he will often give us great things, but he also will knock at our hearts door and say, I want to come in and I want to be close to you, but you have to open up your life to me. You have to be willing to give everything to me. Why would, why would it be that in the process of scripture here, that we see God giving such a strong admonishment to a narrow way, a, a small path, but he also speaks about bringing forth fruit. So there's several things happening here. Number one is we have a narrow path. Number two, we have good fruit versus bad fruit. And number three, we have a man likened to someone who builds their house upon a rock. I want you to know that you have to have the proper tools to get intimate with God. If you do not understand the word of God, if you don't know how to go to God, some people, they are just beginning their walk with God, and, and there's a lot of times when I see you as a pastor, as I've done this for quite a few, few years, I've watched people that have no relationship with God at all, and suddenly something happens in their life, and they need God. And they don't know how to get to him because they've never managed a relationship. They've never had an experience with somebody who knew God at a very deep level. And so what takes place often is a couple in the world, a couple that's not saved or non-believers, they have no interest in God, that's fine. That's where they're at at the moment. And what happens is they'll get married, they'll have the, the marriage, the big party, whatever. And then all of a sudden they'll have a baby. <laughs> and they're like, huh. A baby. What am I supposed to do with a baby? Now I'm responsible, right? I have to I have to teach this thing to read. I have to teach this thing to write. And and maybe we should teach it something about God. And so then they turn to their mate and they go, Do you know anything about God? No. Do you know? No, we don't know anything about it. What do we do? Well, we better take this baby somewhere. <laughs> we better take the baby to a place where someone can teach them about God. And oftentimes in those moments is where something changes. So I, I want to tell you that whenever you have great faith, it often comes through circumstances that are happening in your life. These are not things that you set out necessarily to do. These five things that I'm going to teach you quickly are not five things that you just, okay, if I do these, I'm going to have intimacy with God. Oftentimes, the five things I'm about to mention are 
things that happen and you see them in reverse. You look back and see that God had done them for you. Do you understand what I mean by that? First, let me give you number one. Oftentimes, the things that bring intimacy in our life is practical teaching. Now, we have been brought up, some of us, in great churches. We, we have a certain form about our church. We come in, we worship, we get excited, we feel God's presence, we climb the walls, we bite the ceiling. Sometimes I say that. But in that process, we can fall in love with that form of doing it, the way that we do it. And we have to understand that we can dance and shout and spin about all we want to and stay at the same level of maturity in our spiritual life. That's why we have often seen churches grow, not because the preacher is so amazing, because the preacher can only do so much, and he can excite you only so much, but come Tuesday when your balloon is deflated because everything in life falls in on you, guess what? You're going to have to stand on the teaching that you know from the Word of God. You're going to have to stand on the structure that has been put in you from the Word of God. So practical teaching is number one. That's what gives you a close intimacy with God is whenever you can hearken back to something that was said either in the pulpit or something that you read in the word and it's often important that you do that on a regular basis in order to stay intimate with God now I, I there's these five things will surface almost in every and they surface over and over again every time I hear someone share their testimony these things come up People talk to me about how they got to God, what happened in their life, the things that propelled them toward God. And when, when I listen to those things, these five things come up. Number one is somewhere there was practical teaching that came into their life. Now, they might have gotten invited to a church. They might have gotten, gotten invited to a Bible study. Somehow something took place where they came across the opportunity to have practical teaching. And then number two, what often brings intimacy to our life is providential relationships. Providential relationships. Relationships that we could not have necessarily begun on our own. People that came into our life. I know from, for a fact, now I was... I won't say a preacher worshiper, but I loved preaching when I was young. I had boxes and boxes. My wife will tell you, boxes and boxes of tapes. Yes, that is how old I am. I had tapes. And what happened, I'm turning 40 this month, so I'm trying to just ease my way into the, over the hill, okay? So <laughs> I had boxes and boxes, and I listened to preaching, everything back to the 80s. I mean, I have, I have sermon titles in my head. 1983, um, Jerry Jones preached at Because of the, not Because of the Times, but at Pentecostals of Alexandria. He preached things left behind. I could give you title and date and place of sermons, hundreds upon hundreds. That's not only why I know my Bible so much, because I went and I checked and made sure they were telling me the truth from the Word of God. And those pivotal men that walked in and out of my life, I sat in N.A. Urshan's seat at World Headquarters. And when I talked to N.A. Urshan, I, I knew the man was a man of God. And, and his relationship with me was providential, because I got to know him and I got to shake his hand, and I got to rub elbows with his anointing. I got to be in a presence of a man who knew how to be in the presence of God. And that was a providential relationship in my life. And I told him, hey, I sat in your seat at World Head Evangelism Headquarters. He's like, did you get burned? 
It's the hot seat. As he told told me, I love that guy. He remembered my name years later. We were going to the Oneness Symposium down in St. Louis, and they would dig so deep into the Word of God, my brain would explode about six paragraphs into these documents that were this thick about the oneness and the awesomeness of God. And and I studied through and sifted through that seminary-grade material, all because I knew and I wanted to be near and close to those men that put those documents together. I enjoyed their preaching. I wanted to know where did you get that fire that will never go out in your life? Where do you get that zeal and that and that that burning, raging passion for the things of God. When you have a dull moment, all I needed to do was put in a tape and hear Brother Jerry Jones telling me, great is our Lord, and he's greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth. I, I, I love preaching but don't get me wrong I love preaching because I love truth and I wanted those providential relationships in my life that's how it happened for me for you it may have been different it may have been a boss that came to you and and said hey have you ever gone through this study or maybe it was a youth pastor that really kind of lived it out in front of you and and you saw that and you said you know that's awesome they they live for God and I want to do that Number three is private discipline. Somewhere along the way, somebody told you, hey, you can talk to God for yourself. You can pray for yourself. You can speak words to him for yourself. You don't need someone to pray. And all of us come from different backgrounds. Maybe you do come from a different background than I do because I was Pentecostal raising up. But maybe for you, the way to get closer to God was saying five um, our fathers. Maybe getting closer to God for you was was going to a prayer closet and and confessing your sins to a priest. I don't know what your journey was, and I'm grateful for your journey. So I, I honor God in the way that he works. But somewhere along the line, oftentimes when someone gets intimate with God, there was someone that taught you private disciplines, how to pray and how to read your Bible. And, and it may have been scary at first. I don't know. Maybe maybe you thought, well, where, where do I start? It's a big book. And they were like, well, start in the New Testament. Begin here. Begin reading. And, and maybe at the first time that you wanted to talk to God, you didn't know what to say, and it kind of it kind of scared you because you always had people tell you how to talk to God. Like, okay, pray this prayer. And, and, and you, you know, growing up, maybe you got a couple of small prayers like, uh, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul. Maybe you had that one in the bag. And maybe you had, you know, bless this food, God is good, God is great. <laughs> you know, th- those kind of prayers. Are, or maybe you had a father who prayed a prayer that when you went on a trip that he prayed for traveling mercies. And that's all you knew. But somewhere Someone told you, you need to talk to God for yourself. You're like, what do I say to God? How am I supposed to talk to God? And and, and they're like, what what if I say the wrong thing to God? And someone says, well, then God will get you. No. Actually, no, no, no problem. You just begin to speak to God. You begin to talk to him just like he's your friend. And somewhere, personal, private disciplines began to develop in your life. Some of the most beautiful moments is when I hear people still sleeping in the other room and I'm before God. Some of the most beautiful moments is when I turn over and see 2.22 on the clock and I can't sleep and I know it's God getting me out of bed. 
and I spend time with the Lord. Some of the most beautiful moments. Now, I was more of an introvert when I was a child, and you have to understand that um, my wife has to prod me. This is my personal experience. I'll just give it to you quickly. I have trouble praying with my wife. Now, if you are married, you need to pray with your wife. She has to remind me to pray with her. I'm learning to pray with her because I want to do that. But she has to remind me because my relationship was so personal because of the damage that I came through. I always went to God by myself. I always sought God by myself. So whenever I first got married, I needed to develop this relationship and intertwine our lives. And I would forget to pray with her personal prayers. We would pray together in church, put my arm around and pray in church. We prayed together all the time. But there were moments where she said, hey, would you just pray with me? I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just wouldn't dawn on me because when I think of getting intimate with God, I think of getting alone with God. And you have to be careful because whenever you have private disciplines, you can you can get yourself to where you it's just you and God, and it's not good for man to be alone. So you need to also be able to develop private disciplines that bless other people in a public setting. Your private life. If you're not praying and seeking God, you will have nothing to give in public. And I learned that early on, so I, I overcorrected in the private life area. I overprayed, and I, and I went to the and guys in, the, in Bible college. They were like, what's the matter with you, man? Are you going through something? Your mom died, or what happened? You know, what, Are you okay? Is everything all right? And I was like, no, no, I just, just want to pray. I, just, I really want to pray, because I had spent time in the prayer room, and I think that's what altered my destination as a young man, because I went to Bible college for music, and in one semester, I changed to a preacher. I knew I had a calling, but in one semester of prayer, it changed my life. Private disciplines will change your life. And then number four, I'm trying to move along quickly, personal ministry. And this is kind of a scary one because people, you know, come to the Lord and they get saved and they get baptized and they're, and they're so happy that God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They've spoken in tongues and, and all of a sudden the summer comes and, and someone says, well, we're going to do a missions trip. And they don't know anything about ministering. They don't know what it's like to minister in Jesus' name to anybody else. They're just trying to figure it out for themselves, and they're very fresh and new, and they don't know what to do. And it's very scary because now they've been living for God for a whole hour, and now they're on a plane going to Indonesia <laughs> to do missions work because they, they someone said, hey, you should sign up for this. You would enjoy this missions trip. And so then all of a sudden, you're scared to death. This also helps your private prayer life because you don't know how to pray until you absolutely are desperately in need of God. You don't know how to pray. I mean, it's just like amazing how close you get to God whenever you are depending upon him with everything in your life, everything in your life. So practical teaching, providential relationships, private disciplines, personal ministry, and pivotal circumstances. Now, if I was to ask everyone in this room, how they came to the Lord. We could write all five of those things up on this board up here, and all of us would find a place that fit underneath all of these five things. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. You might tell me afterwards, Pastor, there's really only three. You were repeating yourself. That's fine. You might say that there is a place where we could do six or seven because five is not even a famous number. I mean, there was three bears, there's three pigs. Nobody uses five, Pastor. What's the matter with you? But what I can tell you is this. Whenever you have a strong relationship 
in the area of intimacy with God, it produces something in you. And what happens with that production is it brings forth fruit, and then men will know you by those fruit. And I can tell you that there's been experiences where I have met somebody, and they presented themselves as something but their fruits didn't line up to the way they were presenting themselves. And I'm not against anybody here right now. I'm not saying any names in this place. I'm talking about over the years of ministry. I'm thinking of a different place and a different area of ministry that I was at. And that person kept coming and trying to be this thing to me and try to be this to others. And for some reason, my spirit kept on pinging, something's wrong. Something's not right. There's something not right there. And did you know that it only took about five years for that to show up and that a bunch of people left the church with that person? Literally came in as a wolf and took people out of God's congregation and they went away from true doctrine, proper truth. And it was because there was something in me that registered in the fruit of the Spirit, something's not right. Something's not right. And I want you to know that the Spirit will help you to understand whenever there's a wolf showing up in sheep's clothing in your life. You need to know that because intimacy with God is damaged when you put your faith in the wrong things. Faith is a very powerful thing, amen? The interesting thing about faith is faith is often built through circumstances. It's built through the Word of God, but it's built through circumstances. And um, whenever you go through something and you have faith to believe God for it, it can many times be something that stretches you. It was interesting this morning, and I don't mean to repeat myself, but Sarah was, we were finishing up worship practice, and Sarah was standing here. She didn't see me write this. I wrote this early this morning. Um, I wrote some words on a balloon, and I was going to use this illustration today because I have a couple of illustrations. I don't know if I'm going to get to them and the word, but I'm trying. But I had this balloon in my pocket with words on it, and she's, we were talking about, sowing seeds and, and expecting harvest and and we're doing what we can do to to share a great worship service with the congregation and she said to me i i had like this vision can i just share it can i interrupt you and just share it and um i was sharing this with somebody else before service and she said i saw like our faith like a balloon and and like whenever god stretches us or when circumstances come and when we're practicing and we're doing worship we may feel like we're doing more than we need to for that day but somehow we're stretched and we can't go back to the same form that we originally were and i was like oh man i just wanted to come out of my skin back here because i had a balloon in my pocket she didn't know but i had a balloon in my pocket with two words on it faith and intimacy and she gave everybody in the worship team my sermon before we're here right now with me giving you my sermon. It was awesome. And so what happens is whenever you get into a situation where your life needs God and you need to be close to him to get through it, you have a prayer life, maybe you have a practical teaching that you lean upon, maybe there's a, a providential relationship. And like I said, this doesn't just happen. It's not like you're like, can we be friends? I feel like God brought us together. <laughs> it's not like that. It's, it's like there's things that happen and then you can lean upon them. So this, all five of these things, private disciplines, personal ministry, pivotal circumstances, happens in the church every single Sunday. So what you do is you get yourself in a place where your faith can grow 
and God fill, begins to fill you with faith. And so as we spend time together, somehow someone gives a testimony and that relationship, they're a part of the church of God and you're in a relationship with them and they begin to um, build your faith. But what's interesting is, I don't know if you can see that or not, but what's interesting about the fact when someone shares their testimony, it actually strengthens you as well. Because when I talk about the fact, and I did this, when I talk about the fact that I was having a low month financially, and all of a sudden a check came in that I wasn't expecting, how much did that affect you? Where you were like, man, God can provide. When someone talks about providential relationships where they're saying that I was on my way out, I was on my way down, but there was someone, someone that I could call and someone that I, I texted, and they, they encouraged me just this week, and I, I'll share this with you because I want you to know how much I appreciate what God does. This week, I've been working to help somebody for a year trying to get them into a Bible study. And I was telling Sister Karen about this. I'm sorry, Karen. I keep using your name, even though you told me. <laughs> she said, don't use names so much in the pulpit. And now I've used her name twice. See what happens? So what happens is I'm working on this couple, and I pray about something in and they're getting a job in a whole nother state. They're going like six states away. And I'm like, God, what, a, what in the world? And I, unfortunately, I kind of shared some of my sermon beforehand with some of you. So I do apologize for that. I try to keep it into the sermon time. But what happened was, I was like, God told me, just love on them. You're, you may never see them again. But God said, just love on them. And as I was praying, I felt just a drawing of God. And so we got them too much stuff for their baby being born. They had this baby and, and we like gave them a gift card and, and we got them stuff and, and we didn't even hardly know them. And they're like, wow, you really gave us too much. You know, that was really awesome. Thank you for your kindness. And they went to this other state and the job didn't work out. And yesterday, when they were supposed to be moving six states away, yesterday, I helped move them into their brand new house, literally 17 minutes from this church because God knew, God knew that there was is going to be a need for a providential relationship in their life somewhere. And I sent, I went over there and I helped them as much as I could because I was running such a tight schedule yesterday. And they sent me this message. It says, thank you so much for coming out to help. It's been a stressful few months. It's kindness like yours that has helped us through it's kindness like yours. They don't know anything about my God. They don't know anything about the God that I am intimate with. But they met him on a Saturday whenever I gave myself to a providential relationship that I didn't know was going to keep and stay in my life. But I just kept being close to God. See, when you're intimate with God, you are in love with souls. When you're intimate with God, there is nothing more important with you, to you than having your faith grow and having people be saved. In Jesus' name, I'm telling you what I experienced because it is powerful. And after that night, when I got that message, you, you better believe. I was like, my faith was encouraged. And, and last night we were... We were setting up, and, and it was snowing, and it was doing all kinds of things. And my brother-in-law came up to me, and he said, this isn't easy, but you're doing God's work. Don't give up. 
and my faith got bigger. And you can't see it very well, but every time your faith gets bigger, your intimacy with God gets bigger almost on the same scale. And if you have a closeness with God, He answers you at times when you wouldn't even expect it. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. I think it's great that we give thanks unto the Lord and and we do what we do, but the scripture likens it unto someone who did not know him. There's places in the scripture where it talks about, I have something against you because you left your first love. There's very strong words. But if we hear here that there were people, there are folks that are living their life, they believe for the Lord, but they haven't had true revelation of who he is. If that doesn't grip you, if that doesn't jar your heart, I pray that it does today. I pray that you think about someone who's living less than all they can know in God, that you walk with a truth that they need to have, that you know that God is one and that there is no other salvation save repentance, water baptism, somebody help me right now preach, in Jesus' name, in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that you need to know that that is the way that we know him truly. There is no intimacy outside of spiritual rebirth so I must ask you who do you know that doesn't know him who do you know today for it likens it unto a man who built his house upon a rock and the scriptures are broken into chapters and he goes on to say therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came And the winds blow, because they always will, amen? And beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. Intimacy gives you a founding upon something that cannot be shaken. How many have had God shake your life before? How many have had things shake your life before? Situations that you had to pray through. Situations that you did not know how to get through. This is a word right here for you right now. Every one that is that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it, and it fell and great was the fall thereof. And it came to pass when Jesus ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He had power to teach people how to be intimate with God. They were astonished because they found out that there's a place that cannot be shaken. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? I'm grateful that there's some place where I can go. And I ask God always, all the time whenever I'm going through a difficult thing, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, as the psalmist said. And I want you to know that there's also places that you can go to in the scripture that will encourage you. I want to tell you that if you have not had a pivotal circumstance in your life that has drawn you closer to God, we have to realize and understand that they're going to happen. We don't want bad things to happen, but life happens. And in those circumstances, if we will trust God, he will take and leverage the worst for our best. 
He will leverage these different things, these five different things, and I'm finishing, I'm closing. These five different things. He, if we allow him to, he will leverage practical teaching that comes into our life. He will, he will leverage the word of God that we know. Whenever I need a lift, when I need some, some closeness with God, I often go to Psalms 118, and it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. That talks to me because I need God's mercy, don't you? I need his mercy every day. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. He's like, let more than just the word of God say it. Let Israel say it. Let, let people repeat it. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let, let the priests and those that, that lead the people of God say his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say his mercy endureth forever. And he repeats himself several times, which is a product of teaching. Sometimes you have to repeat it to learn it. I called upon the Lord in verse 5, in 118 in verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. How many know God can put you in a large place? Amen. If you're ever in a fire, they say that if you're ever in some sort of a forest fire, if you can get out into a large area, that forest fire can literally burn past you and you will live because you are in a large place. Has God ever put you in a large place? where there's all kinds of trouble and trial going on all around you, but somehow it just cannot seem to touch your spirit because God has you in a large place. I love that word right there. It encourages me. The Lord is on my side. How many know God's on your side today? I want to encourage you in this word. I will not fear. Fear is the killer of faith, and it deflates your faith balloon. You need to know that fear is something that you have to conquer through the Spirit of God. What can man do unto me? Who can who can touch me? What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Trust is the key to our relationship with God. It all happened back in the garden. The fell happened because we did not trust God's intentions. When the serpent came to Eve and said, did you not know God is keeping something from you? The relationship that we have stemmed from disobedience, but it was rooted in a lack of trust. God's keeping something from me. God's not telling me. I don't trust him because his motives may not be pure. He's keeping the knowledge of good and evil from me. And from the day of the fall to the day now, we're getting sent the same pitch from the enemy. You can't trust God. He will not do the best for you. You, you're in this situation because he's forgotten you. I'm not just preaching because I want to preach. I'm telling you, this is what I've lived. I'm intimate with God through these words. This has encouraged me. This is my life chapter and something that I live. The better, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Not just in man, but in those that are in ruler. Those, those, are, those are rulers. Those, those that are in places of power. All nations compass me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. He's talking about a day when they battled as, as, uh, as armies. Then they encompass me about. Yea, they encompass me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They encompass, they encompass me about like bees. <laughs> Have everybody run into a beehive before? Yeah. That's kind of what the picture that is giving like, you know, this like crazy distress that feels like everything is coming against you. They are, 
They are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. In the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song. Anybody have a song? And is become my salvation. Look at that. He's my strength, he's my song, and he's my salvation. I don't know how many sermons I've preached about never lose your song. You need to be saved. He is your strength. It's because it comes from this verse. I read it when I need to be picked up. I go to this chapter. The Lord is my strength. He is my song, and he is my salvation. The voice of rejoicing the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle. I remind myself that on Sunday, it's going to look better than on Wednesday. On Sunday, I'm going to feel better because there's going to be some rejoicing at the tabernacle of the Lord. There's going to be rejoicing and salvation in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Have you ever seen the right hand of God move on your... It does. He works valiantly. And I shall not die. I shall not die. This is not unto death, but live and declare the works of the Lord. My life is going to live and declare. Oh man, I wish I had someone help me preach because this is powerful word. I'm not going to die. I got another day coming. If he brought me out, he can bring you out. If he came for me, he'll come for you. Oh, hallelujah. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore. There were times when God corrected me. Has God ever corrected you? And I just felt like, oh, man, I wish I would have done better. And he chastened me sore, and I felt it in my spirit. But he hath not given me over unto death the things that should have died in my spiritual life are still alive. The things that should have died by my mistakes are still alive. The relationship I should have lost in my mistakes are still alive. And I had a second chance. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. And I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter this gate of the Lord into which the right it's praise that we enter in I will praise thee for thou hast heard me art and art become my salvation the stone which the builders refused is become the head of the corner my life is built around an unshakable rock amen this is my this is my candy stick right here. This is what keeps me going. This is what keeps me in this church and preaching. I'm telling you, this is how I live. This is the Lord. This is the Lord's doing. The only reason why I have a safe foundation in a rock that's a cornerstone is because it's the Lord's doing, Ben. It's the Lord's doing. Hallelujah. It's the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. It is marvelous. This is the day which the Lord hath made. 
I will rejoice. Did you know that that verse was in all of that? There is so much in this chapter. I can tell you, you want to be intimate with God, just write this chapter down and read it when you get down. Read it when you have a dark day. Read it when depression tries to roll in like a deep storm. And you will see so much here that will encourage you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Good days, bad days. He's going to leverage it all for my best. Good days, bad days, glad days, sad days. We will rejoice and be glad and is saved now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, sin, now prosperity, where you can bless me, God, bless me. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the, oh my goodness, I wish I could have just a few more minutes. I'm sorry I'm wearing you out in this sermon, but I want you to know that you're blessed not because of what you drove in in. You're blessed not because of the bed you slept in that was so nice. You're blessed not because of the nice house that you live in, the nice job you're blessed because you came in the name of the Lord just having his name and coming makes you blessed oh I'm sorry I don't mean to be so crazy and spit in the microphone but I just love this word blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord I don't know how to get there I don't know how I'm going to do it but I'm coming in the name of the Lord I don't know how people are going to receive me when I show up with food for them at their door and they don't know the God I know but I just want to give a gift but blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord I'm getting excited blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord we have blessed you out of, we have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord which has showed us light. I hope this I hope you guys just write this chapter down and just keep reading it. God is the Lord which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifices with cord even unto the horn of the altar. Thou art my God. How many have ever just prayed over that? You just said, God, you are my God. You are my I am. You are my everything. And I will praise thee. Thou art my God. Repeated it again. And I will exalt thee. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Would you stand with me? I'm going to close. But I want you to know that I'm not just trying to encourage you and get you excited about God. I am trying to give you something today. And this Psalms 118, take that. Take this teaching and live it. Whenever you feel down, whenever you have a rough day, when you have a rough day, amen, sister. We just get this out and read it and it'll help you. It'll be like, my rock is still there. He's still stable. He's still sure. When everything else falls apart, when I don't think I can do it right, when I don't think I can, God is not giving you seven things to do right and if you get four of them right, guess what? You get into heaven. It's not like that. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be intimate with you and if you'll take practical teachings that you can find providential relationships stay close to people that stay close to God if you will get a private discipline in your life and you will get up or you will stay up and pray and read your Bible if you will spend personal time in ministry if you will stand there no matter who comes and put that smile on your face and love God in what God has given you to do if you will bloom where you're planted you will find personal ministry bringing you toward intimacy with God and pivotal circumstances will make you more like him I hope that helps you today I'm really 
I'm really, I'm really thankful for the word of God in that area. Let's just love the Lord. If you have your Bible, would you find it? If you have a Bible with you, would you find it? If you don't, um, that's okay. If you have a Bible with you, would you find it? And would you just hold it to your chest? And if you bring the lights down for me, Nate. If you don't have a Bible, then would you get your phone out and just open it to a scripture? Find a place on your, on your, where the scripture's at. And I would ask you, would you come to the altar or would you find a place to pray with the word of God? And would you ask God to make you close, bring you closer to him? Would you ask God to strengthen your faith? I'm not going to try to woo you to an altar because God should be able to do that for, for the word of God to be able to touch you today. Would you help me right now? And, and one thing, could we just begin to pray out loud? Would you, would you join me? Because I, I want this word to be forever settled in my life. I want, I want God to take his word that's forever settled in heaven, and I want him to settle in my life. Amen, somebody. I, I want God to put this word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I want to be able to be intimate with God. I don't want him someday to say, depart from me. I never knew you because all I was doing was praying selfish prayers of what I wanted, but really could you help us God today of get, to get away from prayers where we, we just throw God a bone a few minutes in the morning and, and put a star on our chart and say hey we read our Bible it's not, about, it's not about that intimacy is what it's all about being close to God is what it's all about would you help us Jesus come on somebody let's find a place to pray would you help us Jesus would you help us Lord to get close to you would you help us to understand this isn't just a book but it's your word it's with your love letter to us would you help us to draw near to you today. I would that somebody would find a place to pray. I would that somebody would get on their face before God. I would to God that somebody would give themselves over to an intimacy relationship so deep that it binds up the things in your heart that are trying to come apart. That it holds you together when you don't think you can live this way. That it gets you out into the world and you start to help people and you start to reach for people because you love God so much that they need salvation and you don't want them to live without the word you know. God help us today. Help us today to find an intimacy in you. Dear Lord touch us. Dear Lord touch us. Come on. Let's